Welcome back to our wall podcast. Um, today we are interviewing uh, Miss Gina Cummings. She's the director of our program, um, our Wall Fellows program. And just a little bit about her, she's an expert with over um, 20 years of experience in organizational development, human resources, leadership development, coaching, and much more. Um, a few fun things about her, she's uh, very active with yoga, uh, researching um, life's facets of evolutionary thought, sharing and engaging with others, um, listening to the ocean and spending time in the mountains. Um, she's both an inspiration and a fountain of knowledge to the Wallfellows classes surrounding community and all of those who know her. Um, she's just going to answer a few questions <laughs> about birthdays, um, leadership, um, life, death. <laughs> Um, what are some other things we have that we're going to ask her, Sam? Definitely about spirituality. I was yeah. very interested in, to hear more about that, and I think that was one of my main that was one of my main points going into this. Just saying, okay, well, we know Miss Cummings in this setting, but I always hear her emphasize the spirituality point of her life, and I want to learn more about that. Yeah, there's so much outside of uh, the walls of the classroom or the office that isn't always talked about. So. Um, learning more about that and through her experiences as well so well thanks for having me for <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm walking into but this is great no. yeah. <laughs> well you did say that your main birthday wish was to come and film a podcast absolutely <laughs> so, happy birthday so absolutely yeah. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about birthdays before, and uh, I said, uh, really, it should be my mom that's uh, celebrated, <laughs> right? So she's the one that went through all the pain. All I did was take a breath. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> birthdays are birthdays are weird. I I actually have that same thought. Where I, when I'm when I, it's my birthday, I'm just like, all right, another day. Yeah. It just it's just another day, and then when it's someone else's birthday, I just want to just give them a huge hug. And be like, it's your birthday, yeah. but um, I don't know. It's yeah. Different. So I have gratitude for the day I was born. I mean, in that way, I, I kind of want to hold it in reverence that way because I was born that particular day under particular star systems, you know, energy. So that imprints energy, I think, in, into it's kind of my doorway or gateway and onto the planet. But and for that, I want to be grateful for them that I'm here and I've had this experience. Mm -hmm. But you know, to say you know that I may have had some major, it's like a celebration of some major accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, my mom was the one that had the accomplishment, not yeah. me. Really. So, yeah. Yeah. You referenced something interesting when we were when we were talking before the podcast about incarnation. Yes. So can you dive a little bit <clears throat> deeper into your thoughts on incarnation and mm -hmm. when you're reborn or? Or any, any thoughts like that? Sure. So there's a lot of different views and beliefs, and who the heck really knows the answer to the question? You know, I don't think we'll we'll know it while we're here on the planet in this in this frame and, and uh, form. But um, I believe that there's many parts of us. There's our our mind. There's our body and our soul. And uh, this body was birthed, you know, on my birthday. But my soul, I believe, was has been in existence really since the dawn of time all of us have been. So mm -hmm. um, we, we have different lifetimes and different experiences and we, uh, to me this is one big classroom. We try things, we learn things and we do it for a period of time as long as this biological body, you know, part of me uh, can, can live in this environment. Um, but that doesn't destroy our, our soul. And so I, I don't also don't think we just come in for that one period of, you know, 
70, 100 years, you know, because there's, there's people, and we talked a little bit about this before the, the podcast, about um, there's people that you meet that you have never seen before in this life. You can compare histories and travel plans and everything. You might meet them halfway across the world, and you look at them, and you just, you know them. I mean, your soul goes, I know you. Um, so that, that happens somehow. How does that happen? Um, there's just too many questions around it to say that it starts and ends. And we see these prodigies and stuff, and we call them old souls. Um, because they come into this, you know, being able to play a guitar beautifully or being able to do this amazing artwork at, you know, four or five years old. I mean, that isn't something they learned once they came here. So, mm -hmm. so um, yeah, I don't have the answers. I just have kind of thoughts and considerations, and that's the way I, I walk in life anyway, is I like to explore. Because I think anytime you think you know something is the minute you stop learning. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you've said that before as well, you know, when you're having a conversation with someone and you immediately think, no, that's not right, or you immediately say no, you're closing yourself off to so many things that you could be learning. Um, but one thing you said um, just about, you know, being more open to things, coming, you know, through your life as you've grown up and as you've continued to learn, how have you kind of kept yourself open to things? What are some ways that you nourish your mind, body, soul? Yeah, so I haven't always been. Um, I think you go through life when you're, when you're born, you have certain things that you learn at a young age that are kind of for your benefit, you know, it's, it's, it's a protection, so to speak, um, and you're growing into that, so you might have belief systems, um, and there's no right or wrong, I mean, whether you want to follow a particular religion or whether you want to follow a particular path or maybe not having a religion at all might be the path but you're going to have certain frameworks that you learn within your family or community and that's kind of set up for your benefit to try to help you get your legs under you it's like training wheels but at some point you know you're faced in life with a variety of different challenges and you decide that it's up to you to figure out what it is and you make a choice mm -hmm. you are you happy with where you are and that's then your experience maybe that was your soul's mission is to live within that framework and there's no right or wrong with that yeah. um, but mine was to be an adventurer and I just know that about myself because I've had this thirst for learning my entire life and this um, questioning everything I was I had it since I was a young child and so even though I had frameworks and systems that I followed and that helped me grow and and kind of led me down the spiritual path or the you know the healthy path of physical health and stuff like that I never thought yeah I got it and I just relaxed back into it it's always you know the questions would come well isn't there a better way or is there more to know and and the more you you start to grow and the more you travel and meet people from other cultures and you start to learn you know other religions or other uh, thought or you start looking back at philosophers and thinking mm -hmm. about what was it like for them just that kind of quest opens you up and say you know how in the world could I think I know everything you know it's yeah. just it's just impossible yeah. so um, so the more you kind of keep yourself open and you're growing and you're reading and you're putting yourself into those experiences and not saying well I'm right and they're wrong and I need to convince them because I have all the answers which is that to me is is the wrong way to be in a way um, but if you, if you approach like that, you're not going to expand. Yeah. So my philosophy was I appreciate, respect, and am grateful for all the additional beings on the planet, um, all the people that are here. And so it's like 
I believe in my core that most all humans want to have a good life. Mm -hmm. They don't set out to hurt anybody in that way. Um, now they may get tainted over their lifetime and do that. But so if you open, if you meet somebody that has completely different viewpoint of you, and you don't approach it as you are right and they are wrong, you can learn so much about them, mm -hmm. about yourself, and it, it gives you information that you need to start asking yourself. So yeah. it's through dialogue, conversation, and just kind of keeping my opinion to myself a bit and letting me just mm -hmm. ask questions, be curious about yeah. everything, and, and not trust my own thoughts about anything as being, you know, solid, you know, because if it's, if it is solid, it'll stand up to scrutiny, it'll stand up to mm -hmm. questions. Um, so why not ask it questions and see, you know, is this, yeah. is there any possibly another way? So it's just the drive inside that I, I, I want to constantly learn and grow. And people have different, different soul missions, different mm -hmm. experiences. And I love them just the same, doesn't matter, and it's not up to me to change anybody. Um, but I just kind of like do my own thing, and, and this is how I go with it. So. That's interesting. I, I like when you said that you're an adventurer, though, and you, you've been to different places and you talked to different people. Was there ever a time where, that, um, where you've been to, I don't how many different countries have you ever been, have you been to? Oh, wow. Um, I'll say roughly seven or eight, I, I've lost count. So was there ever a time when you reached a certain country and you, in that adventure kind of took, got taken aback and said, you know, maybe this is where, this is where I'm supposed to be, or that adventure was fulfilled in some, in some way? Mm. Yeah, so I always, there are places on the planet where I go and I feel very at home, if that's what you mean. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Ireland is one. Um, I have, well, I was spent some time there this summer and it was amazing because it felt very at home to me. So there are some places, there are some other places in the U.S. where that's also the case. Because um, we have many different little countries in our country. Yeah, yeah. You know? we do. Um, so, yeah, so there are places that I think of sometime before I must have had some connection here. Yeah. You know, either my lineage, you know, like my bloodline, so to speak, um, somewhere in my lineage has, and it's somehow in the blood and cellular mm -hmm. aspects of this biological being, or my soul has been at some point uh, in the past. Um, so yeah, there, there have been that. I will say that this growth, kind of, a, I thought of it earlier and it slipped through, but you asking this question made me think of it again. It's not always comfortable mm -hmm. to, to challenge your own beliefs. Um, you hear this saying like dark night of the soul or you know you have these periods where you feel like you're totally walking into a tunnel and it does feel like that sometimes especially if it's beliefs that you've had that kind of has been your bedrock and then now you're you're cracking that open or you're finding things that go wait a minute you know let me maybe that maybe I don't know everything about this or you know let me see if there's another way to look at this and it takes a, a bit of courage to do that um, because at the end of the day, only you can do that. Nobody else can define that for you. So you feel like a little bit the whole, uh, there's a song that's talking about being through the desert on a horse with no name. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of what it feels like in a way when you're challenging and opening yourself up. But if you, if you don't do that, you, 
you are limiting. And that's okay. Again, it's not right or wrong, but for me, it was like I wanted to see it, and it wasn't always comfortable. Um, And so sometimes my experiences were, were and oftentimes they're like a bit of a jolt at first, like you're confronted with something that's completely different than, you know, what your framework is. And then you're like, you're jolted, and you're like, first you're, you get your whole survival thing, fight, flight, or whatever, and inside of you. So it, it's being, it's understanding where those triggers are. You can recognize them early enough so you say, okay, calm down, I'm okay. Yeah. Let me just open my ears. But it takes some experience of, of kind of recognizing that for yourself and, and taking those moments. But oftentimes it's not comfortable at first. Um, to start challenging your, your thinking on things. But actually, it's a lot of fun once you get breakthrough and you just go, and you're going like, you just feel so free. All of a sudden, you can you can have some thought about things and you go, you don't hold, your, your identity and your survival is not like glued to something that now is being challenged and is gonna upset your world. You can kind of go, all right, that's where I'm, you know, it's written in pencil, this is kind of like what I think, and you know, it, if somebody else proves me different, okay, well then I'll incorporate that. And it lets you kind of be a free floater and, and surf a little bit versus like hanging on to, you know, something so, so hard. And I think that relates to, in a book we read this summer, it talked about paradigm shifts mm-hmm. and either creating those for yourself or they are created for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that discomfort has a lot to do with those shifts in your life when so many things like on a daily basis we always deal with different variables but when so many of them happen at once sometimes our brain just spins off and it's like i don't know how to react to this Mm -hmm. and that's when we either panic or we change something or we don't change something and we kind of just snail up Mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of that happens in college moving out Mm -hmm. of college into career trying to figure out what you want to do with a career and it can be really intimidating but being okay with that intimidation and mm-hmm. just accepting it for what it is has been something that I've found that's been comforting as well as that pushes my comfort zone. It's kind of both in one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think part of it, um, to that end, I think there's a few things as children. I wish we had, um, set up in our, um, growing up. One is, I mean, one is how do we actually utilize our body appropriately? Mm-hmm. So the way our muscles are supposed to contract and move us and, you know, it's just like, here, let me stand you vertical and see if you can hold balance, you know, on your own. And, you know, but then nobody ever tells you, well, you need to squeeze this muscle or release this muscle to run properly or to walk properly. We don't know how to work this body. We're just kind of thrown into it and say, here, you know, um, do the best you can and try not to fall over and crack your head, you know. Um, so that part. But then there's another piece of it that's how do you how do you um, stay balanced in this world? We don't really have, you know, people try to give us solutions, whether it be religion or um, communities or whatever, to try to help. But really this, the balance and the courage and the ability to handle everything comes from inside of you. So a lot of our early part, and I speak for myself, was trying to find happiness or find security or find worth being worthy, worthiness outside of me. So it was somebody telling me I'm doing a good job or it was achieving this thing or receiving this much money and being this secure. And what you find as you grow and as you explore and read, I mean, you have some of the most, what we would say, successful people are extremely insecure. Mm-hmm. because they're still looking outside of themselves to fulfill that. So 
you know, if we had some guidance as young people more on how do you go inside and you're happy, no matter what happens, you get the job, you don't get the job, but you're still happy. Mm -hmm. You, you, yes, you might be sad that you didn't get it or you might have those emotions, but it doesn't redefine you as a failure or a success. That was successful or, or what non-successful or a failure activity but it's not your a failure or your a success and with all the things that we have going on with mental health and depression and that a lot of it is because we take this outside world and we use it to define mm -hmm. who we are ourselves versus saying we are whole and we are we can do what we need to do and we define we are worthy and we you know not by our actions but just inside of us for being here and being on this planet being alive you know there's Yes, we are. And then what we do outside of us is just what we choose to do. And oh well, if we fail at that, you know, I mean, then we'll try something else. But it doesn't say I'm a failure. Yeah. You know. Well, and that comes down to labels. Right. Sometimes it's just easier to label ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's also a lot more, when I'm listening to this, I was like, okay, this is a lot more comforting than people with that simulation argument mm -hmm. where people are like, oh, the world's just a simulation. But it's so, I mean, when I'm thinking about that, and you say that, if, to their belief that if it was, well, there's a couple of things inside that. If you work, like you said, if you work hard, then good things will come to you. If you treat other people nicely, if you treat other people with respect, if you're happy within yourself, then you're going to find more happiness. So I think that that's, um, if anybody listens and has that argument, I definitely rewind what Miss Cummings was just saying, go back over to that, and just think about every viewpoint that you had where it just fits you have these beliefs, they're inside of you, and you expand on that, and you, you can do much better and be much more happy in your own life. Mm -hmm. It's all that internal stuff. Yeah, we bring it to ourselves, just yeah. like you said. So if we if something happens outside of us, and then we take it and say, let's say we did, didn't do something properly, or it, it, it was you would be seen on the world stage as a failure, you know? And we say we are a failure. Now we believe that about ourselves. We're projecting that energy upon ourselves, and therefore we're going to get more of that. Yeah, because we're insecure. Versus saying, "Well, I really made a stupid choice. <laughs> that wasn't a very good choice, um, but that doesn't make me stupid. I just I learned from it, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, I need to go back and do this, but I know that I I have this control and I can do these things. And so, you know, there's some thought around. You know, is the world a simulation? In a way, it is, but it's like. The simulation doesn't define you. It's a playground, yeah. right? So if we see it as a playground, this is a big playground. We have all these different, you know, experiences, rides, whatever you want to call it, to jungle gyms and stuff to play on. And we choose which one we play on, and we find out we're really good at the monkey bars, but we're not so good at this. doesn't mean that we're a bad kid, you know, or a bad yeah. being, because we just go, okay, well, I'm either going to learn how to get better at the monkey bars, or I'm going to decide I don't want to do it at all, and mm -hmm. I'm going to go do this and this. But we tend to think, well, if we're not good at this, that's something inherently wrong with me, versus saying, do I choose to be good at this? Well, I can if I want to put my effort into it. Mm -hmm. and there's lots of books written about, you know, uh, different ways the, uh, of doing that. Or we just say, well, that's not me, you know, and go and you figure out what it is you and then live in that energy. Yeah. And that relates to the childhood, like you were talking about earlier with the learning how to move your body. It's the same with learning how to identify with yourself. Yes. With, you know, a lot of times you're taught, okay, I'm, 
I'm not good at soccer or I'm not a soccer player. Mm-hmm. Well, you can be, mm-hmm. you know, and that was always a thing for me with sports is I like to try all of them because, I mean, my body moves, so mm-hmm. why not try them all? Mm-hmm. But I would be on teams with kids who would, you know, feel so defeated and they would let that label them. And it always broke my heart for them because that was um, a crack in their, mm-hmm. in their childhood where they were missing something. They were labeling themselves because of some other thing you know it wasn't them that they weren't able to do it it was these external factors Mm -hmm. that were influencing them in that negative way and those kinds of things stick with you I mean you remember those for years things that happened in your childhood Mm -hmm. you are the creator of your life Mm -hmm. so you've probably heard people say that if you say if you believe it it's true so it's like if you say well I'm not going to do that that's true if you say well I'm going to do that it's more likely true you know, than, than the other. So when you create that for yourself, if you say to yourself, well, I can't sing, I can't play soccer. Okay, yeah, you, you just created that for yourself. And then how many people have people outside of you that say that? So I know that, um, you know, as teachers and as parents, we have such an influence over these very young minds. Um, so you have some child who has really creative thought, and you go, well, that's not possible. You've just <laughs> created a barrier for that child. I mean, you may think, oh, what didn't really mean that much, but you've just built that wall. Yeah, <laughs> you just built that wall. Or you have a, somebody that they paint a picture and they're so proud of the picture, and they go and they go, well, that doesn't look like that. You can't paint. All of a sudden, that barrier goes up, and that child believes and is embedded in them that they can't do that. You're not creative. You're not any of those statements. It just it plants in there and they may act like and they may go on about their business and you think they never heard it but it recorded in their system and so somewhere in that life plan it's going to come up again and they can choose or they can realize they're they've i've had lots of those in my life and many of them even just as recent as last week i'm still discovering those walls or those boundaries or those loops i have myself in by what i have either heard or believed or even from you know, past life have energetically uh, limited myself mm-hmm. as. And it's like, do I choose to keep that? No, I don't. So if I want, if I decide, I think, you know, no, I'm going to decide I want to try to paint or something. Let's say it's painting. Um, then I allow myself to paint it. Now, if I go up to the paint and I keep going, I am no good at this. <laughs> I'm not going to be any good at it. So it's like anything in life. So we create ourselves. We are creators and we influence each other so much that is not even not even believable yeah. um, how much we Im- impact each other. And if we're and compound that with if you're looking for the outside world to define you, then you're going to be a magnet and a vacuum for those things because you're you're taking in what other people are thinking and saying and guiding. Even though they may have the best intentions. And want to keep you as safe and as happy as you can, even if even if that's their full intention, it still is is something that you haven't chosen for yourself. Yeah. In a way, if that makes sense. I think it's going on to that point. It's oftentimes you hear about the the rebels succeeding, mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. that just they they'll tell you, you don't believe me, okay? Mm-hmm. I'll prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. And it and that I, I like that a lot. I think it's. I think it's a good way to be mm-hmm. also if I never doubt anybody because mm-hmm. you never want to be that person that um, tells someone that they can't do it and then when they're 
standing on the podium one day, they're like, they will call you out. Mm-hmm. And they will say, yeah, I remember when they told me I couldn't do it, mm-hmm. and here I am now. So I, I think it's a firm belief of mine. I don't know about you guys as, mm-hmm. as well, where it's just, I will never doubt someone when they're about to take on a new mm-hmm. opportunity. I might say, yeah, you're crazy, but there's mm-hmm. plenty of things that I do where I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. calm down a little bit, but I never doubt anybody. Yeah. Sometimes those people are even the, a gift for you, though, right? Oh, so absolutely. they motivate for you, you so much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so they motivate you so much to push, you know, push through because it's like a something that challenges you enough. It's like that jarring enough that you look inside yourself and you say, "Is this person right?" Mm-hmm. And then you go, "No, they're not right. I'm going to show them they're not right." And I'm not saying you want to live your life with that energy all the time, but some of those big barriers sometimes you need a shock like that to go wait a minute, is that me? And you go, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show the world who I am. And so you come back out with that invigoration. So, you know, gratitude, I carry gratitude for all of the experiences because I believe that we have people in our in our lives because we've agreed for them to be there. And I know some people have a hard time hearing that because some people really do live lives with a lot of pain. But I believe that, like I said, we come here as a classroom and a playground and our soul came here to learn something or to release something or mm-hmm. or to be a, a party to somebody else's growth and um, so if you can hold that it, it kind of gets rid of that hatred that low vibration energy mm-hmm. of hatred fear and all of that and you get into more of this curiosity and well, I wonder what would happen if I changed my thought on that, you know, or yeah. how do I, you know, we hear about forgiveness, but how much of us, how much of us really know what forgiveness really is, yeah. and that is a different, it's just changing your perspective um, on the situation, so you can re-see it in a different way yeah. and release it, and then when you release it, it releases them, it releases you, and you learn so much from it, so, so a lot of those people can be instigators for us along the way, but we then have to, like, let them go. Yeah. Um, and because that that anger, that fear, whatever that was an initial motivator for us, can then become a detractor for us longer term if we if we don't process it. But, yeah, and I think one thing um, as you were talking about that and these external factors that are you know triggers for you know to kind of push us along a little bit sometimes that energy we were talking about um, in class in a leadership um, presentation a few weeks ago about the three selves, like um, your the self that you see in yourself, the self that others see in you, and then your actual self. And how do you think the how do you feel about that? And how do you think that relates to these external and internal factors as you propel yourself forward in either success or leadership or just internal growth, getting to know yourself actually from the inside out? Yeah, that kind of um, coincides with, there's a few things there. So one is, that's the reason why I think that if you believe something and you're, you're to the point you're defending it, you've locked it down for yourself, okay? Um, so if you believe this about yourself and you're not taking anybody else's feedback in, you've locked yourself into that and you're going to cul-de-sac or kind of limit your growth. Um, so, but if on the converse of that, if you believe that everybody else's viewpoint of it is the gospel and truth, and then you, you it's going to be the same problem for you. So, there's an old saying that says, "No two people ever actually met." I don't know if you've heard that before, mm-hmm. but I I have a thought about that and kind of buy into that a bit because 
Um, you have your perspectives on life and your life experiences and what you believe about things and see things and and the other people do too. So you can say something, but they're going to hear it through their own filter. So everything's encoded and decoded based on you and based on the other person. So you don't really know exactly what's in their mind yeah. and they don't know what's in your mind. You, you kind of encode words, you trade words, you decode the words and you just assume that you know there's some under comprehensive understanding across those yeah. categories. You don't know that until we get full telepathy. I don't know that we'll ever fully know, fully know what the other person's thinking, which can be good and bad. <laughs> but on top of that, um, everyone else is a mirror for you. So I also know that walking through life, I may say something that is going to speak to you on a level that had I have no idea. Like I may say blue pickle. <laughs> and and blue pickle to me means nothing, but to you, blue pickle, you just had something, you're going like, oh my gosh. You know, yeah. so we're mirrors and triggers for each other. And so, I mean, I think we have some things about trigger words that kind of, I understand the concept of not like overly upsetting somebody, but triggers in this case are, are those things that jar you a little bit and you go, oh, or they're confirmations for you mm-hmm. or something that's like an activation. I call them activation yeah. codes. So... So when we go through life, we're constantly putting it back into what we see and what we understand. Um, when you start to argue with somebody or you start to have conflicts with somebody, you're going like, you're seeing yours. Put their hat on. Mm-hmm. Try to see theirs. Try to see it. Because otherwise you're going to be talking about something that it's like you're talking past each other. Um, so, so we're triggers. We are triggers for each other. You don't know how you're impacting somebody else with the words that you're saying. Um, if you come from a clear, clean heart and you're balanced in your energy and you're not defending something, then the messages will reach the people more effectively mm-hmm. in whatever way they need to take from it. And then you, you don't own the message. I don't own anything. Yeah. You know, so it's like if I say something that inspires one of the listeners or you guys, it isn't that I got into your brains, figured out what you understood, you know, tried to say words that I thought. I just was censured following my flow of who I am and being honest in that, not trying to convince, not trying to impress, and just kind of hold that balanced space. And then people take from it what they want. And that, to me, that's the cleanest you can be. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're impacted by survival, fear, you know, any kind of thing that, or you've had a disagreement and you're opposing viewpoints and you take a defensive stance any of that you're just limiting yourself and the other people and causing yourself a lot more problems than you need I don't know if that helps if that makes sense to what you're asking and it also relates to what you were talking about at the beginning of the the mind body and soul those three Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. and I think that can relate to the three selves as well Mm -hmm. yeah there are parts of us that are informed by our soul and there are parts of us that are informed, informed by um, our physical incarnation. So our hormones, all of our endocrine system, is survival system that we need on this planet to be able to live and sustain a physical form during this lifetime, right? But if, it's, if we don't have our emotional soul and emotions in balance, those cues from your physical form can be misconstrued, okay? 
or your physical form interprets what your mind and soul is doing improperly. And that's where you get like overuse of your adrenal glands, you know, and you get adrenaline pumping in your system all the time. That's where stress comes from. Um, because our, our bodies were set up to, if we see danger, to be able to run from it, fight it, you know, and survive. But what happens, because we're not running from bears every day, and we're not, you know, we have food available to us, and we have, for the most of us, I mean, I know there's some people that have difficulty with that. Um, but our fight or flight, if we do have the basic needs met, then our fight or flight's sitting there going like, do you need me? Do you need me? And if, you're, if your mind sends a signal of a, a, a worry or a, an urgency, your body picks it up as, oh my gosh, we got it, you know, because it doesn't, it's not, it's sitting there in idle mode. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important to kind of clear, and we hear about meditation, yoga, those kind of things. It's all to kind of settle your mind, settle your emotions, settle your body. So everybody's in, everybody's happy and in balance. And then when you approach something in the day, it doesn't get um, inflamed further than what it needs to be. Yeah. And on a scale of 1 to 10, you're addressing something at a 2 that is a 2, when you're not addressing it as if it's a 10. Yeah. You talk about that coming from the eternal self, but is there, like you said, you said meditation, yoga. Mm -hmm. um, I know they use the crystals, mm -hmm. the, maybe the... Um, Essential oils. Essential oils as well. So is there other things that you can grab externally to bring in in to make your internal self more at peace? Or do you think that in itself is an internal move? No, I think there's a lot of... You could do it internally. Yeah. Uh, but it takes a lot of strength. And depending on how wound up you are and, you know, um, how much you... How much trauma you've had, honestly, in your lifetime. It's a little difficult to find your way out of that. Um, just internally so you can use there's a variety of different things healing is all under kind of the banner of healing strategies but it's first and foremost good food and good water cut out if you cut out the the damaging things that your body um, if you stop consuming things that are bad for your body your body has an opportunity to get itself back into balance because what happens when we eat something that's toxic to our body is our body is in survival mode because it's fighting the things that shouldn't be in our body. So that, you know, our, our um, uh, immune systems go into overreaction. Our, you know, our body is going like foreign agent in the body, foreign agent in the body, and it's attacking, you know. So, so that is a, a, a war going on inside your cells in your body. So cleaning up your food, cleaning up your water uh, to remove those things is very and vitally important. I just, I don't know how I would have gotten to the point I am today without doing those, those aspects. Um, so on top of that, then you have a lot of external things that can assist, whether it be yoga, meditation, um, some people do MMA, I mean something physical. Um, you know, it just depends on your personality and kind of what it is that you, that's where it goes into knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. Try a lot of them, see what you like, discard what you don't like, don't judge yourself about it, and just figure out which part's for you. For me, yoga, breath work, breathing is so vitally important. We, we breathe very shallowly. We don't breathe in the breath of life regularly. So when we get nervous, we breathe in the top part of our lungs, so we're not breathing in oxygen. We're not breathing in the breath of life, which is what we need to live, and our bodies are starved of that. So, so there's a lot of physical stuff that you can do that way. But there's, 
there's crystals, um, there's colors, uh, so wearing certain colors or viewing certain colors. Um, you know, there's different different uh, supplements. Just one is a physical and one is more like energetic vibrational. So everything has a frequency, um, whether it be sound, you know, frequency, obviously, yeah. light, frequency, um, colors have a frequency. Um, images like um, designs, you know, if you look at geometric patterns, those are frequencies. Um, so anything that you can do to figure out what you want to bring into your body. Some people use sound healing, music, if it's good, clean music is a good, when I say clean music, I'm not talking about words, I'm talking about the frequency of the music. So you know there's some days that you want really slow, kind of mellow music, and there's days where you want something really pumping. Well, that's because your body's needing those frequencies that are in that music. Mm -hmm. um, but not getting stuck that you're playing the same music all the time and pay attention to what that music does for you. Same thing with when you wear certain colors. Or the crystals all have a different frequency. Mm -hmm. Um, you'll hear this system around chakras, and I'm kind of throwing out some things people can Google, they can search, there's a wealth of information out yeah. there about all of these. But again, it's just kind of dipping your toe in it, playing with it a little bit, trying it out, and some combination of it will, will work for you. Um, and I do a mixture of things, and it's not always the same, so I'm not religious, quote unquote, about how I do it. Some days, it's the crystals that call to me, and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Some days it's essential oils, and I want to diffuse certain oils, or um, some days it's more color. That's, but it's just kind of you have your kind of toolkit of different things, and you figure out what is it that you want to pick up, and there's a variety of ways to do that. Yeah. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. I remember, I don't know what it is. I, try, I, I do, do yoga at home, mm -hmm. and it's so hot. And it's so hard too. It's I'm just I'm sitting there, and throughout the whole entire workout, I'm just calling myself, "When is this thing gonna be over? This actually stinks." And then you get to the last five minutes, and the last five minutes, in my mind, is worth. I would do ten yoga sessions just for that one yeah. last five minutes, where it's you're so centered, and you're laying there, and you're drenched in sweat, and you're tired, and your body is. Is sore but sort of relaxed and you're just okay this is good it's that centered mentality and mm -hmm. I, that's why yoga is good for me I know that you yeah are starting to yoga out a little bit or I don't know how long yeah. I've been doing it for so yeah that final shavasana that you're talking about that's the best yeah um, but yeah I, I do practice yoga and I've done it started when I played soccer and I had really a really bad back and hips and so I started stretching more I couldn't even touch my toes mm -hmm. And so I would just stretch, and so I really eased into it. So it's been like three years, um, but I've really enjoyed doing sunrise yoga and then um, sunset yoga because I feel very connected with the nature outside as well. Um, being on campus a lot, sometimes I, I have to detach myself from the buildings <laughs> and get outside, which really helps emotionally you know, and mentally and just knowing, okay, this test is important, this paper is important, but... I also have to nurture myself to be able to do well on these things. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one thing. And also talking about the external factors like the yoga you say, that you mentioned, Sam, and also essential oils that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I love to use, different blends of them or diffusing them or just rubbing them um, on my wrist or anything like that. And I know that, Miss um, Cummings, we've talked about that before as well, about it actually having the chemical effect mm 
mm. on your body. I mean, that is something that is tested and yes. it is measurable. A lot of these things you do have to feel from the inside. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this yoga, I mean, it's wonderful for your body, but you also have to absorb it and feel it and mm-hmm. become at peace with it. And then that's great, but also the essential oils have that measurable part that a lot of us need at first, mm-hmm. at least when we're, you know, going down this self, self-awareness self and development journey. So, Yeah, everything that we need, there's old um, you know, sayings about let your food be your medicine, medicine be your food, and you tied stories of the Garden of Eden and this planet. I mean, everything is on this planet that we need. If there's something that's bad for us, next to it is a solution for it. Um, that's in nature. Nature is amazing. Uh, so when you think about essential oils or whether it be eating certain herbs, vegetables, and so on, um, nature provides for us if we understand what it is. And we're all made up a little differently, so you have to figure out, you know, so I say play with it and figure it out for yourself mm-hmm. which ones are best for you. But um, essential oils, you know, open up receptors on your cells that allow for certain things to then come into your body that you need. And so there are, there's a, a growing body of scientific evidence in our modern age that are, is now catching up with some of our ancient you know, um, practices yeah. that were practiced way back in the, you know, even the Egyptian times. Yeah. So um, you know, it is. And I'd say if you did one thing, if there was one thing that you could do is get out in nature, pay attention and study nature. Watch how trees and plants and animals and work with each other and, and think about how do they know to do this and where do they know to do that and pay attention you know if your dog has an upset stomach it goes and eats grass it knows that it needs grass to settle its stomach or mm-hmm. to cause it to throw up so that it'll feel better um, so there's certain things in your body you'll you'll be attracted to pay attention to what you're attracted to if you love the smell of a certain oil or flower you know there's probably something in that that is beneficial mm-hmm. for your for you um, so if there's a certain color that you're attracted to, there's something in that that's beneficial for you. Um, so just pay attention to where, because your body knows. Your body knows what it needs. Yeah. It's just settling into that um, for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And trying things and not, not being so rigid because it's not the same every day. Yeah. That's why I say you've, you've got it. Yeah, we, we are patterned. We are um, creatures of habit. And so if we get a pattern and we do this habit every single day, every single day, every single the same way, we're not the same every day. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, especially females, we have cycles yeah. upon cycles. And um, so you're not the same person every single day. And so you've got to figure out what do you need that day yeah. and not get so locked into a particular pattern or make yourself yeah. wrong for not doing it this way or right or better than yeah. somebody else for doing it that way. But... But a lot of it too is um, there's that book I can't I was trying to think of the name of it but it's like which which wolf do you feed so you have your your body you have your mind and you have your your soul and it's like how are you going to master your body master your mind and understand and bring forward your soul and so that's kind of that where do you what's your perspective and you are the you are the creator your soul is actually the driver of of all of it so how do you take ownership of it and decide that you're going to own your life every single day and 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 happen to it not let it happen to you and and figure out which you know which tools and toys and stuff like that or that you want to use to do that 
Well, I think that is a perfect ending. (laughs) So thank you so much for spending time with us and talking about all of this, these aspects of life that we're open to, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're open with them about, you know, to us. So, um, well, thank you for having me. This is a pleasure. I'm happy to converse any day. (laughs) Yes. And we will um, see you guys next Friday. Thank you again, Miss Cummings. And um, we will um, update you guys in our description.